Welcome to another week of Radio Melee. What's up, everybody? Uh, it's a two-man show this week, but we got, we're got we doing something a little bit different because literally everybody is at Summit. And I mean, more more accurately, perhaps more precisely, everybody is at Mango's uh, Mango Summit 0.5 uh, Summit uh, at the Cloud9 Studio, whatever. So uh, instead of... I'm, excuse me, I'm fixing my Zoom. I feel like I've... I've calibrated my Zoom very precisely for a three-man show, and now we've got two uh, men. I feel self-conscious about my this expansive space. Always looking Anyways, good, though. Well, thank you. Uh, but we're going to talk about Summit predictions. We're going to talk about uh, what the people want to hear. Because let me tell you, me and PP, we hit the streets of the internet. And what we noticed is all, all you guys want to talk about is rankings and ratings and seedings and 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 saplings and all kinds of plants. Oh, yeah. So we're going to plant some ideas in your head. After you call in with exclamation mark radio melee in the chat, you're going to get a link to join the Discord server. And once you're in the Discord server, you can literally ask us anything you want. And the theme of today, because we're going we're gonna to try to theme it and we're going to try to pick questions that sort of tie into this is what are almost like if you had to see the tournament, what would you do? You know, and, and, and what is the state of the top level of melee right now, especially coming into Summit? coming into the last couple majors of the year mm-hmm. and the final tournaments in the ranking period, um, of course, everyone's got their takes. Everyone's got their little team that they root for. What's your team? Are you going to call in? And uh, But, I mean, there's a lot going on in the community, right, PP? It's not just about that. I know there's other things people care about right now. People were talking about El Cancing the other day. People were talking about – what else are people talking about, PP? Tell me what – tell me the other sorts of things that people care about. People have been talking about um... – well, I can tell you, I think this summit's kind of interesting because people have been talking about Europe. I think Professor Pro coming into this summit, not being able to, uh, not, we don't we don't usually have as much European representation as we could in the scene. Um, and I think summit's always been a way to equalize that. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's cool to see uh, so many players coming together in that way. It's also kind of cool to... Um, see people talking about uh, seedings in like a different way because or, or rankings in a different way. And I think that's why there's so much talk about that right now, right? Um, because the results have been all over the place in a lot of ways. I think people are kind of moving towards Zane still looking like number one right now. But after that, it still seems like people are fairly interchangeable and then things have changed so much that, you know, I think even with all that, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, anyone's guess. But yeah, today, like Tove said, is a Summit-themed episode. If you have your takes, if you have your opinions about seating, do you not think Zane's number one? Do you, you know, wh- who do you, do you think Professor Pro is going to pop off? Do you think Sunze is going to pop off? Do you think someone is going to get drunk and uh, get emotional on Mango's .5 stream? Tell us all about it here. Uh, this is what That's Radio right. Melee is for. Uh, Summit takes uh, today. Um, yeah, but I, I know we do have a little bit of stuff uh, pre-prepared. I don't really know what we're trying to throw on screen first, but yeah, there, there should be a lot of good stuff that we're looking forward to. So once again, exclamation radio melee, my chat, Toast chat, um, hop on in to the discord server. You'll be asking questions and we already got some, got someone waiting. So we know that, uh, some people want to talk about summit. Mm-hmm. Some people want to talk about summit. I'm flying to summit later tonight. Mm. Um, uh, which, uh, you know, I think it's going to be a fun one for sure. I'm, I'm very excited about the theme of the event. I don't know if you, uh, you saw space. Um, space. That's right. The one place that capitalism is yet to corrupt space. 
I'm saying you catch that reference. You don't catch that reference. That's the temporary thing. I don't think I do. Unfortunately, I apologize. I, it was, I love the energy on it though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but okay. I mean, let's, uh, let's see here. I, I, I I think we get, get, get the community voice out of the way now because I actually have a, um, okay. Uh, I have an update from a producer Quinn, who's in my ear telling me that he actually did compile like the sweetheart. He is. He actually did compile. The stats, because the question was uh, from Aiden, kind of just asking about Aiden Calvin, of course, from uh, the yard coming in asking about, uh, hey, is there any crossover viewership, right, between Super Smash Brothers, Super Smash Brothers Melee, and other esports? Yeah. And I almost jokingly said, oh, I wonder if we could compile those answers. Ooh. And we actually got a little bit of a compilation here. We got Dude, some stats. We got a little bit of, uh, you know, not, 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 you know, listen, okay, look. No, it's not a pie chart or anything. It's not some crazy Microsoft. Action. We don't have that kind of technology around these parts. What we do have is good old drag and drop. We got some text. It looks like, okay, so obviously a ton of crossover with Ultimate. I think that makes yeah. the most sense because um, it's, you know, it's, it's Smash Brothers. Uh, League of Legends. Good amount of League of Legends. We got CSGO, Valorant sitting at 15. Good bit of Rocket League. Still a little bit of Overwatch. I feel like Overwatch is a, that, that might go up. Um, yeah. Just with the drop of Overwatch 2, mm. uh, I found myself playing a bit of Overwatch 2 this week with Void and with nice. Mango. Um, and, you know, I found myself thinking to myself, like, oh, maybe I'll check on Overwatch League and see how they're doing because I haven't watched in like three years. Hmm. Uh, so maybe that, maybe that goes back up with the, with, the, with the release of Overwatch 2. But it looks like League of Legends is still uh, uh, the king, you know, so to speak. And you've got Chess at 4, uh, which will count. I almost wonder if, you know, I almost wonder if Chess wouldn't be higher. If not for the fact that, like, when people hear the question, what other, what other esports do you watch? I feel like if someone asked me that, I wouldn't think to even list chess as an answer. It's you what know? is that? That's interesting. I, I do right. Like, how does that? Like, it's almost like chess has changed so much it's that people answer that as an esport now. Or yeah, maybe it's, maybe do. esports are well, just games. Yeah, people people do people do. Uh, but not every. You know, like if right if you said to me what esports do you follow, I would I would like forget that. Just right. an acceptable answer. But, but people play it online so much now. People are starting to see it that way. That's right. You know, yeah. Hikaru got picked up by TSM, and now I think mm. he's with Misfits. Uh, so he already wow. did a roster. Huh? Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. A, some Big some news in the chess world. I had no idea. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, huh. that's, that's the thing we're used to over here in East. Right, Michigan. right. So maybe, that maybe that changes a couple of years. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the chess number was even higher. Right. And it was just that a lot of people didn't think to list it. I wouldn't think to list it. Yeah. If Aiden asked me what esports do you watch, I wouldn't think to list chess, probably. But shout outs to those of you uh responding who did. And shout outs to our producer Quinn for compiling that data together hey, and making plan? that handy dandy visualization. Um so with that out of the way, yeah, we actually uh you know I I I I did ask Quinn to prepare some, you know, potentially I guess uh I don't know if visuals is the right word, but basically, you know, if we're gonna talk about seating, let's talk about like who's in the event. You know? Summit. Look at that. Look at that. First, Players. Yeah. What do you think about this? Hit me with your dude. Look at Zane with his own little region. Can we get a zoom in? We can't zoom in, right? That's too much. Can we power enhance? For... Yeah. Dude, look at Zane. Zane's got Zane is occupying. You know, they used to joke about. He's got uh, his VIP room. Yeah. Zane literally. It's like he bought two seats on an airplane, right? Yeah. <laughs> he said, I don't want to sit next to Leffen. I actually want the middle seat between us. So I'm going to stretch out. You, you see what's going on down there? We can't zoom in, but you're going to have to. Oh, look at that. Yeah. So for our audio listeners, what we're looking at right here is we're looking oh, at players you. that are invited and players that 
were auto were voted in and there's there were columns of players and then at the bottom off on his lonesome is just zane by himself is this is this telling is this summit's subtle messaging or is it just that there was an odd number of players invited who could really say but regardless zane stands alone yeah zane zane stands alone and right now it's looking like he might be standing alone uh just you know i i saw mango mango put up a video that i actually watched this morning coincidentally um uh where he was basically talking about like what his prediction like if he had to do seedings or rankings kind of what his thoughts are you know on kind of the the mess that we have right now um and his kind of take hang on my computer chair got in a got on a big fight with my headphone cable Mm. mango's kind of take was that uh zane's probably it it seemed like zane's kind of in the lead right now just he just has the most events under his belt but not really by much you know, not by a ton, because a lot of people have two to three, you know, uh, like IBW won Phantom and Double Down and one other thing. You know, mm-hmm. Hungrybox won two or three events. Um, Omsa's got two events. Mango's got two events. He has SmashCon as well as, uh, what, is, what is that tournament called? Was it Riptide? It was one of those. It was one of those. But point is, it's like Zane's sitting at four. of. If you want to do it strictly in terms of number of events you won, uh, which is a good, I think it's a good metric to start with. You know, n- no one's that far ahead of the pack. Right. So it's pretty, um, still pretty exciting. Definitely, definitely still competitive. So, so I don't even, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. I Absolutely. Even know. Yeah. Um, and you know, I mean, I, I think I do want to hear what people have to say about this. And we actually have a comment, um, we have from old Reddit that we're going to pull up in a little bit, talking about speculation on seating. We could even dive into, but yeah, I mean, looking at looking at our vote ins and. Because, you know, I think a lot of people getting invited is is wonderful. And I but I also really want to take a look at our vote ins this time. It's we don't you know, I think in the past, you know, if I remember Alex 19 getting voted in and the memes and the magic or Yingling's campaign and everything, you know, sometimes you don't really know what you're going to get with summit campaigns, but they ran a different voting process. And I don't know if that affected anything or not with these sorts of things, but it was it is interesting to see who ended up uh, uh, getting voted in, if I'm looking at this graphic correctly, with Null, Swift, mm-hmm. Free Palestine, Magi, and Joshman. I don't know if there were more and or not. By the way, I gotta say, um, wait, yeah, I feel like I feel like there was a J Flex in the mix. Wasn't there a J Flex yeah, in the mix? And then I thought Kadoran also ran a campaign, but I I'm getting I'm a little confused. Oh, it's the oh, wrong, this is the wrong summit. summit. Oops. That'll that'll do it. That'll do it. Yeah. Well, we, you okay. know, hey, listen, we got there. Uh, uh whoopsie daisy. Well, good thing uh, for auto listeners, they don't they don't, you know, they don't they don't know any better. Let me let me get you the actual list because I think I just have it in my um I think I just have it in my what's it called? My browser history. He's I was saying I was thinking to myself, like I was like, oh Null's in. That's cool. I didn't know Null would be in. That is I cool. Like, I got really excited <laughs> out of nowhere. Uh, no, but yeah, Kadoran is definitely in this time around. Um, you know, he's, he's become kind of a familiar face at these things lately. Yes. As well as like, you know, I remember the big one for me was Ralph coming from NorCal. Mm. This is, you know, it, it, we've, there's, there's been a funny trend where every summit has had a Pikachu, I think is the case. Huh. And, um, unless 13 didn't have 13, cause 12 had Swift. 13, okay. oh, 13, the first summit to not have a Pikachu ever. That's rough. Because Axe wasn't at 12. Mm-hmm. But at 12 had Swift. 
mm-hmm. right? So, so, so Swift picked up the slack in terms of having a Pikachu in there. Uh, and, then, and then we skipped one. We skipped one. We had one without a Pikachu. So now we got to have two Pikachus. So, we, so Axe is back, and we got I Ralph. See. And let me tell you, I think Ralph is going to take a lot of people by surprise, uh, especially because I think he's got a really good counterpick strategy. I think he's got a really good counterpick strategy, and in practice, well, Fox and Pikachu for those Fox who don't and Pikachu, know. it is it is it is actually a pretty strong counterpick strategy, even in terms of just ease of use in tournament. Like if you just you know, even if you're playing, imagine you're playing like another really good Fox with a really good punish game, and they take you to FD on their counterpick, and you're just like, you know what? I don't want it. It's it's too spicy. I'm just gonna go Pikachu. And all of a sudden, you're the one chain ramming them. They're not chaining you back. You know, there's there's a lot of. I didn't realize it until I played him how flexible this counterpick strategy is because he'd go Pikachu game one on Dreamland, and then I was like, okay, I lost. It was close. Maybe if the ceiling's a little shorter, I can get those kills that that, that were taking me a long time. Okay, let's go stadium. And then he goes Fox, and that's jarring. That's actually kind of hard to deal right. with. You know, he's got Pikachu right. for the Marth. He's got Pikachu for um, even Falcon. You know, a lot of the time, and, and, and I know he's had a lot of success with this counterpick strategy at Majors, and he's definitely got the tech skill to pull it off. And I'm very interested to see how he does. I think he could actually... I think, for me, I'm, I'm kind of hyping up because I feel like this is, this is a funny summit because usually, you know, usually there's some meme picks. Right. So this time around, no meme pick. I feel like there's no real meme picks. Right. You know, I guess the weakest players are probably Ralph and, and J-Flex, but, you know... They're great. Are, they win their locals. Ralph yeah. won a local over SFAT. JFlex won a lo- you know wins locals sometimes over players like I-, I know he's taking sets off. For example, Two Saint, right? Taking sets off players like uh, you know Aklo, you know jo- Jojo, players like that mm-hmm. from the New York region. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's like you know we really have no slouches this time around. Um, yeah, which is exciting. We've been getting a lot. I think I don't remember how many summits ago it was, but there was a summit not long ago where everyone mm-hmm. voted and took a set. And that just yeah, you know didn't happen, but now I think like that was we the one we're, we're just, just getting at. In fact, oh okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think now we're getting that more and more. We're getting so much more potential for as you know as the field narrows in a way, as as more players become more skilled. I think we're seeing more and more potential for that. And so it's, it's a very exciting time. I think Summit is kind of a great way to see so much potential for that too, because people just keep playing and playing and playing each other. So a lot of a lot of chances for everyone, which is really cool. And players get to show off their personality and a lot of cool sketches too. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a big win all around. Curious what they're going to do with the uh, the format. And I got to shout out some in my chat that was like, damn, why does the invited player pool look so invited? Shout out to Forte VA for that comment. Uh, just looking at my chat. And yeah, I mean, this is a point that I've been kind of making over the past couple of months, but I feel like this is a better time to watch Melee than basically ever. Uh, just because I, I think they're, they're more... Uh, you know, there's just more god-level players right now, I think, than there really ever had. There's more parity, I think, yeah. at the top level than there ever has been in terms of the number of players who could feasibly win a major. I mean, I'm looking at this yeah. invited player pool, and I feel like everyone down here could win a tournament, arguably, except maybe Pipsqueak. But, I mean, Pipsqueak's still pretty good. Pipsqueak won Low Tide, low tide City, so... You know, it's 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 messed up how good the, the the top level play is right now. It is so messed up, and I think what's really cool, and I hope we get into this a little bit when we get the callers on for this episode. But to me, what's really cool is thinking about the players who are kind of counters to other other players. You know, which yeah. players are kind of. And the funny thing to me is that how a lot of that logic has really flipped 
lately because it used to be there was a period where it felt like Cody would be beating Mango and Zayn would be beating Cody and now it's like backwards and like Zayn oh, oh yeah okay. I, mean, I know I know Cody finally got beat by Zayn at at, at, at LSI but yeah Cody was taking took three three sets or so against Zayn in a row and now Mango's right. kind of beating Cody and I don't know what's what anymore I can't make heads or tails of anything so um hopefully hopefully some of you can can clear that up for us when we start getting the callers on yeah, and, and something else huh. I think uh, there's another storyline that I think mm. is is um, something I just want to highlight a little bit here. I think you know I, I'm sure Jay Mook is quite hungry to to do well because I think they um, he's had a little not a lot but a little bit more struggle lately. Haven't heard you know he hasn't gone quite as deep as as normal. I mean with Big House uh, seventh and I, and I think there was something shortly after that. I think he's really looking to to shore up stuff and go farther. It doesn't mean he's slumping by any means. He's still doing fantastic. I just think mm-hmm. some stuff that's gone closer just hasn't quite gone his way. And uh, I mean, I, I still think about this. I still talk about this on stream sometimes. I mean, this. I I think most people didn't know who he was until Genesis this year, and and now we're talking about oh he got seventh. That's not that you know. <laughs> and so it's right. funny to it's it's it, I, so I'm just I just kind of want to put a reminder out there that this guy you know, is still very, very serious. And we could see uh, things turn around really quickly for him. So I wouldn't be surprised for, you know, Jay Mook to surprise everyone at this. Likewise. I, um, I see Jay, I mean, I see Jay Mook as, as one of these players who's, who's rapidly, uh, okay. I think he's at a skill level now where he's good. And I think for now, now it seems to be mostly a matchup problem. Sure. Right. But, but I see him as somebody who gets really good at matchups really fast. He, he solved, I'm not going to say solved, but, he figured out Pikachu, let's say, over the course of one tournament. He got 3-0'd and then 3-0'd him back the next day uh, mm. with Axe at Shine. Um, we saw a similar adjustment from one week to the next with Amsa, where he had never taken even a game off Amsa. And then on Saturday at offseason, he finally takes a game. And then on Sunday, takes a set, loses the tournament, though. And then the next weekend at LSI, he 3-0's Amsa. Right. Right. So to me, the big thing, I, I think for me with J-Mook, to take a major, I think there's two questions for him. I think the first question is, uh, does he shore up his weak matchups, including Amsa, which I think he's mostly done, Hbox, which I think he's done, but that's just a tough matchup. And then I think the other side of things is the Foxes. Like, it seems mm-hmm. like he's pretty good against Fox. He definitely takes sets here and there. But I don't think he's the favorite against Leffen. I don't think he's the favorite against Cody. Doesn't seem um, like it at the moment. Doesn't seem like it. And I, I, it's just a hard matchup. I get it. Yeah. But I think to me, it's the kind of matchup where if he's playing hot, it looks fine. But he's got to be playing hot. Like, he can't drop shit. And if he can play like that, and if he can reach a level where playing like that becomes the norm, then I'm not really worried about him. But to me, that's the question is, can he get there? Because I think every Sheik player in the chat, every Sheik player listening in or watching on YouTube, uh, you guys all know that you can never sleep on Fox McCloud. That matchup's just hard. (laughs) It's like, yeah, you can tech chase him to death and all that, but... I think if you ask any Sheik player, like, what's the nightmare matchup? If I mean, in, right. in, in a lot of ways, obviously there's ICs and stuff, but I think every Sheik player has a little bit of Fox trauma deep down. Um, you don't have to talk to them for very long to kind of to kind of unearth <laughs> some of that suffering. Right. Um, it's it's just a hard matchup. Yeah. So absolutely, that's, that persists up till the highest level. So yep, it is what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. I, I guess there, you know, I gotta say what real quick too because I gotta shout out again, uh, Forte and Chat. If there's one player I feel like is conspicuously missing from this event that I kind of wish was here, you know who I, you know who it is. The one player. One player. 
Got fourth um, last weekend. Got two weekends fourth ago. last week. Oh, man. And it's a good thing that I remember tournament results it's, really well. No, well, I'll say it and you'll go, oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, slug. Oh, man, you're right. Right? right? Man. <laughs> Dude. Dude, what's going on with Slug? Is he number 10? <laughs> Dude, that would be insane. I mean, his Maybe. wins are really good. He's I don't know really what his losses good. are, but yeah. Uh, I mean, H-blocks four times. Okay, that seems... I, mean, I don't For the whole year? I don't know. Like, I think he that lost would be him crazy. Like two or, he lost him like two or three times at LSI. I think he lost him at like double right. down. Oh, uh, uh, if it's just HBox, that's yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> and like some Peach players, probably. That's always the, the, the shit thing to me about Icy's players is like for every every great Icy's player, like they have some they have some terrible wins to like. Not even terrible objectively. Like objectively speaking, it's a t- it's a really hard matchup, right. and I'm like, yeah, it looks really like a struggle. But like you know, I remember Slug went, he got like second at TMT one week to Cody resetting the bracket, and then the next week I remember he lost to Malachi around one of winners, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> it happens. Just, it's Icy's Peach. I don't know. Cancel forward air. Yeah. So it is what it it is what it is. Anyway. Not to, not to, I just thought we should shout out Slug before we got too far into the. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, someone yeah. I, I, he he does show up and when he almost he always goes. He I think he always goes deep when he goes to these LAN events, especially, which is great. And, yeah, you know, I think uh, we'll hopefully be seeing more of him. Um, but just I think not I'm sure here. we will. Sure we will. Just not here. Yeah, not here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe we could switch over and look at some uh, possible seating and talk about that yeah. a little bit before we look at our callers. Let's do it. Man, okay, Reddit, Pac-Man, Pac-Man Ultimate. Yes, that's what we love. That's how you know someone's going to be objective when they play a character like Pac-Man. Don't read too too hard in anything I just said. I won't. Zane, number one. Yep, that checks out. Uh, Hbox, number two. Yeah, Hbox, what? Hbox got second, right, last weekend. I think Mango third is pretty reasonable. Uh, I know he didn't have, like, the best showing ultimately at LSI, but I think he did a lot better than... It looked like he might. And also, I think something people forget, even though Mango only got fifth last weekend, or I think actually seventh, he kind of had one of those summit seventh places where sometimes people do really good Friday and Saturday, and then they just kind of don't do that good in the bracket. And Mango kind of had that because he, he beat Zane and Cody. He uh, also came into it being seated first, right? So even if he got yeah. seventh, I mean, it, you know, he went down a little and he's still up there. That's right. That's right. Um, who might... Any, is anyone here a little bit surprised? I guess Leffen, in theory? Like, Leffen got third last weekend. But I still feel like Amsa maybe over Leffen makes sense, just because Amsa is off the streak, off a streak of, like... I mean, he won two back-to-back, like, majors in yeah. Big House and offseason. Plup's always a question mark in some ways, because he doesn't go to as many things, but... Right, so how uh, do you how do you change his seed to... Does, how, how do you have the decay in there and everything? Yeah. Right? And I almost feel like with Plub, I, I'm, the, I'm the kind of person where I'm feeling like, man, I wouldn't want him in my bracket. Like, who's, so he's the seventh seed in this list. And if he is the seventh seed, then that kind of sucks for HBox in a way, right? Because, like, mm. I feel like with Plub, you know that he's, and he shows up at Summit, too. He always plays really good at Summit, usually, I feel like. And he's been so, doing good generally lately, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm with most of this, though. Uh, for sure. The bottom then is interesting to me. I think you could, you could make some arguments in whatever directions. Um, prof, uh, 
Prof qualifying the way he did was really impressive. I actually forget how J Flex. Oh, J Flex got voted in. That's right. Right. So, you know, it yeah, is what so, it is. So again, for our audio listeners, uh, the list in order, so you can follow along is Zane, Hungrybox, yep. Mango, IBDW, Amsa, Leffen, Plup, J Mook, Wizrobe, Axe, Kadoran, Soonsei, Pipsqueak, Professor Pro, J Flex, and Ralph. That is the full list in order of uh, not of objectively seeding it. We don't know what that is, but there is a seeding prediction from weird mathematician 38 from Reddit that mm. we're just running with it. And we're and it seems it seems like a, a reasonable list. I don't know. It's all very contentious, but it seems fine. And if you disagree, you can call into the show. The uh, yeah, I. I'm curious what you think about the lower end. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't, I think the, the hardest three are probably the, the bottom three, right? Professor Pro, mm. J Flex, and Ralph, because they don't, they, they mostly have been in their own spots and they haven't like traveled around as much. And so it, it I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's fine. I don't really know. Um, the, the Professor Pro win over Triff, I think, has to be pretty good. I would imagine. I think Triff was yeah. still doing pretty well. Well, Triff think... beat Leff in that tournament. Right. So right. that's. Triff's I think that's got to be a big part of it. I would mm-hmm. imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then J Flex versus Ralph. I, I don't know. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, you, that's I a mean, hard Ralph, one. you were saying uh, Ralph had the SVAT win, which has got to be really good. I don't know a yeah. lot about Ralph's results overall. I know he's been doing good. I know J Flex has also been doing good, but I I don't yeah. keep track of everything. So that I think both that, of them. That's very tough to say. I think both of them have had some really good results lately. Um, that, yeah. Hard to call. What I will say about the bottom end in particular, but also all of the seeding lists is you do got to remember it is Summit. There's always a bunch of. There are a bunch of matches that are basically mm. just played to determine seeding going in the right. final bracket. And right. so ultimately, there's usually a lot of movement just based on how people are playing on Thursdays and Fridays. And so in particular, that lower end where there's going to be people are going to run into those three-way tie situations. People are going to run into... I mean, I don't know what the exact format is going to end up being. I, I assume they will use kind of the um, group stage pools into a gauntlet format into the you know final bracket. That's what they've been doing for the past couple of I think That's what it looked like from what I saw. Certain, right. So, and if, if that's the case, you know, there's always some surprises. There's always some surprises coming into that final bracket. Yeah. Um, and so to be honest with you, you know, from that perspective, the seating matters. It does matter a lot less than right. it matters a lot less than it would uh, uh, if, if this was a um, conventional double limb. You know, right. I mean, we saw the same thing at, at Ludwig Smash Invitational. Anytime you've got one of these invitational style events with one of these more interesting formats you're going to get some shenanigans. And, and at LSI, you know, Zane got picked by Axe right. to be his because he was three and two. You know, Zane almost didn't even make the top cut. Zane literally uh, took two losses in the group stage, in the pool stage, and then won the tournament. And so Zane was one of the low seeds going into the bracket. And, you know, you can say, oh, I don't want to play Zane. Oh, this seeding. Do anything about that. I mean, if Zane played bad in pools and he gets a bad seed, then Zane gets a bad seed, and and that's just how the cookie crumbles, you know. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, you know, take it, take all of this ultimately with a grain of salt. But I think right. what is uh, what is for sure uh, is that I think there are going to be some funny surprises, and I and I will preface the tournament too by just saying that every summit, this always happens. Every single Smash Summit, man, we come into the final day. The final bracket thinking, oh, this guy did so good in group stages. Right. This guy did so good in Gauntlet. 
they got to be a shoe in for the tournament. And it, there's all, like there's always an example of at least one player who played really good in groups and in brackets and just kind of shits the bed in, in, or, or, or in gauntlets and then shits the bed in the bracket. And there's always some people who play bad all weekend and step it up on Sunday. And I'm thinking about that that one uh, when Cody had his breakout tournament where he beat Johnny and Mango mm. and Hbox and and he'd been playing awful in pools. Everyone everyone was getting a piece of Cody up until. The singles bracket started. The double in bracket started. So, just remember that nothing is as it seems at Smash Summit. Mm-hmm. Least of all, well least said. of all this time. Thank you. Well said. Well said. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have too much to add on to that, other than you know, I wonder what the difference in mindset or everything needs to be for the pool success versus the bracket success. But maybe we can get one of the Summit competitors on to talk about that uh, next week, which will be, oh, I finally remembered, uh, next week will be our last Radio Melee for the season. Probably should have oh, said that yeah. earlier. Uh, but yeah, last Radio Melee of the season's next week. We'll Summit recap. Hopefully we'll get one of the people on from Summit, maybe the winner. We'll talk about all that next week. But yeah, telling you about that now. Um, anyway, uh, Tove, how are you feeling about moving on to taking some callers? we got a few waiting. Let's get some callers in here. That's right. Our first caller for the episode is going to be Professor K. Uh, joining Professor P- MD. <laughs> I, I don't, whatever. I'm trying to make a joke about professors. I hey, welcome, it. Professor K. It. What's your question? Where are you calling in from? Hey, guys. Uh, it's Professor K. I'm calling in from uh, coastal Georgia. And uh, my question is today, uh, it's more unclear than ever who the number one player in the world is. Uh, how much scrutiny should the best player in the world have? Should they win every tournament they attend, like the dominant runs that Armada and Hbox won? Uh, should a ton- should the players who go to a ton of majors be penalized for doing poorly, even if they're attending a lot of events? Or on the contrary, do players who not go to a lot of events but win the majority of them be rewarded with that number one rank? Mm. Um, yeah, I think this is something that we kind of grapple or grappling with right now. Um, it seems like, you know, as long as your head to head versus other people is generally better. And as long as you're going to enough. And it also seems like people are also saying as long as you've, you know, won maybe more tournaments than everyone else, then that seems like a pretty clear number one. Uh, for the year. And that seems to be where most people are. Uh, there's a special emphasis on winning tournaments. And it's mm-hmm. interesting. Um, I saw a discussion uh, people were having. And even though a lot of people had uh, JMook fairly high, there was actually some people that made a post that forgot to include him, even though he had been getting very high results, very consistent results. But because he hasn't uh, maybe won something, like maybe some of the other people that have been in contention are, uh, he's flown under the radar a little more. And so I think there's something about that which is the the tournament winning aspect itself which seems to really be um yeah it resonates with people Mm -hmm. i think the reason it resonates with people is because it's what the top players care about and maybe you can speak to this because you obviously were at one point one of the best players in the world you were on that level right and it seems like when i listen to the top players talk about the game they would almost rather get it's like you'd rather, if there's two majors on two weekends, you'd rather get fifth and first than like second and second, in a way, because second and second feels like two failures, whereas first and fifth feels like one victory and one, fa- you know what I'm saying? At least that's the way, I, I know they haven't expressed that exact thought. Yeah, no, but I, I hear what you're saying, yeah. You know? Yeah. What do you no, think about I, that? Because the way Mango talks, the way Zane talks, 
you know. Well, yeah, I mean, I think there I think there are different ways to approach it. I'm probably I don't think I ever really thought like that, but I think the Armadas, the Mangos, the Zanes do. So there was a lot of if you ain't first, you're last. Uh, type of type of talk and that's something that mango actually used to say like you know like a decade or more ago if you're not first you're last and so there was and so that was the the thing and so if you had that first you could at least say well at least i won and and you're probably right right. it probably would be better to get first and fifth um and -hmm. i think there is something about getting double second where you're like well i'm right there and i think that was kind Mm -hmm. of like that probably messed that probably messed with jay mook a lot right like if you just if you just went further then you know so i think i think that does messes i think that does mess with you but, you know, if you and so there, I think there's there is something uh, but I do think there's something really true to be said about overcoming everything and making that last step. Like, I think, you know, it's kind of like how people can, you know, sabotage themselves. Like you, you'll see spaghetti melee at the end or like there will be someone that could get an upset. Then they start getting really nervous and the top player comes back and beats them or the higher seed comes back and beats them. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's the same type of thing. Where you're like, okay, well, I could do this, but, you know, am I really ready for it? Or can I, you know, but it's this person and they're so good and I'm not or, you know, whatever, right? And so I think, you know, going that extra step, going that extra mile to to go all the way and win, I think is its own thing. And with all the extra pressure that already comes from tournaments, making that making that final journey, changing the two to a one, even though, like... I guess you could say in an objective sense, it's just like one more set or something. There's there's probably an extra thing to it. So it, it makes a lot of sense to me uh, why they would focus on that. I don't know mm-hmm. if I necessarily would personally think of it quite the same way, but it, it makes sense. It seems like very fair to factor that in that way. Right. I kind of feel like the a number one player, like when I think of... Because the thing is, the, the the field is so close right now that I almost would not be surprised. I would not be surprised if whoever ends up getting ranked first doesn't feel like first place to everybody. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if there's, you know, if it comes down to one guy who's got higher highs but lower lows, and then and it comes down to kind of what you value, you know? Like, yeah. like there's just so much contention between the top players right now. Uh, that yeah. that it, it's going to be, I think it could be a close call unless Zane just goes on a tear. Zane wins like one or two more majors because um, it feels mm-hmm. like he's just a little bit ahead of the pack right now. Um, again, not by much. But I was I was kind of remarking on like, you know, there aren't that many majors left. And like, let's say any of these guys that has two majors in their belt, let's say Amsa. You know, if Amsa wins two more majors in the period and, and oh, doesn't man. really, you know, do too terrible, like that's probably just enough. Like, um what if people start tanking slug shows up to the rest of the majors slug right right i I don't know i don't know (laughs) you know i almost i almost um i wonder how much people are going to care about bad losses and when i say bad losses i mean Mm. like people even like slug like if mango you know that's almost something that the spacey players and basically it seems like everyone but hbox kind of has to worry about right now is that like you know everyone's kind of got a loss to slug for example uh Zane has lost a slug, you know, J right. Mook, Mango. Um well, Slug Slug came very, very close to beating H Box. I have him marked down as like the next player that's gonna be like sweeping the top eight in general because I, I remember I, I think it was at uh Big House. I I saw Slug was going up against H Box and I said, you know, like I my brain definitely has uh, Hbox winning that by a good decent bit, mm-hmm. and I think he did one win like three or three one. But three I was one. like, 
every time Slug goes up against HBox, it gets closer and closer. And I just feel like mm-hmm. one day it's it's just going to be like, it's going to happen. Yeah, he's won online. I just, you know, I think the only thing there is like, there's always this question in that matchup of like, what if the, like HBox hasn't really been playing that campy. And I always like wonder, like, what if he just goes to that mode again? Oh, that was, I, 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 I saw about to him say, do it go at the that Ludwig mode. tournament. I saw him do it at the Ludwig tournament, at least on platforms. Maybe not on the ledge, mm-hmm, but it's not as good mm-hmm. against uh, ICs to do it on the ledge. But yeah. when he got the lead and he and he played safe, he he was he messed Slug up. But it was about getting the lead in the beginning and how well Slug could right. prevent that. And Slug was right. doing a pretty good job of preventing that. But then there were matches where he didn't. And the matches where HBox got the lead, Ludwig switched to watching a different set, and because HBox was chewed at moding him, so uh, that's that's out there. It's uh, but I think Slug has just done such a great job of playing the first stock well, which I'm sure he's very aware of how important that is at this point. I um, yeah, I I, I agree, and I think that ultimately my question to, or my answer to this question is that like, for better or for worse, I don't I don't know that. I don't know that it's going to feel that convincing. You know, I mean, we can say that we want the number one to have these qualities and those qualities, and we we care for this and that. But at the end of the day, it's just whoever edges out. You know, it's like they say, right? You don't have to outrun the bear in the forest. You just have to outrun the guy who's with you, (laughs) right? That's kind of what's going on here. And I think that, like, whoever's going to be number one is just going to be whoever outruns their peers. Uh, You know, I think it's going to be kind of a bloodbath going into the ranking period. To be, to be perfectly gonna honest eat. with you. You know, if, if there's someone who's just a little bit better than everybody else, even if they had some low lows, uh, at the end of the day, it's just it's just more competitive than it's ever been. Yeah, and I think, you know, I, really the only other thing I have to say about it is I think it's okay for it to be contentious. And yeah, it's okay to I not agree. have it be clear. I think we we might be stepping into an era of that more and not because of a balance patch or anything else, but because of, everyone just getting better or or the field just having so many different matchups in the meta changing the way we're changing it and i think that's okay um i think th- but you know all that to be said i think it's great to have an ideal of a certain best player and and but it's also great to value different things that's kind of why like you know it's nice to have for example a a panel of people that do rankings that value different things so that you know we don't just maybe look at it one way and that's kind of nice so that's all I got to say about it. I think mm-hmm. it's I think it's super awesome how kind of level the playing field is for all these top players. Like I'm I'm I also follow Ultimate's like top competitive scene, mm-hmm. and we had we everyone had debates for weeks. I mean, we we all know that MK Leo is the number one player, but ev- but he had like a small like a month like two months where he wasn't getting like first and he got ninth at his first uh north american major and everyone's like oh he's washed he's not number one in the world even though it was very clear it was very clear that he was the number one player and then he just swept through um the ludwig invitational and it was like oh yep no but with melee it's totally different because we all went into big house thinking all right, this is going to be the tournament that decides who's going to be who's who's going to be making that that push for number one in the world and then Ops won, and then he won the next week, and it just completely blew up in our faces, and it's just awesome. Right, and I think we're yep. going to see more stories like that as as we continue to go through. But um, we've, I think we've gone over the question pretty well. Uh, we had some good questions lined up, so we are going to have to cut this one off now. But thank you, Professor K, for calling in. Do you have any shout-outs for us on your way out today? 
Uh, shout outs to Radio Melee. You guys are great. Thanks for having me on. Um, I'm doing, this is not really a plug, but just like a, I'm for my, se- I'm a, a senior in uh, college right now. I'm mm-hmm. doing my bachelor's degree in film production, and we are going to be doing a documentary, Not unfortunately not on uh, three Melee players, we're going to be doing on three um, New England uh, Ultimate players. So, oh, wow. I, yeah, I hope I, similar to, um, there was a SoCal version of the doc of, of a doc like this called uh, 60 frames i think it was produced oh. by the ssbm tutorials team mm-hmm. um so we're going to be doing so we're doing something similar like that we don't have any we're just in pre-production but hopefully if i get onto radio melee i'll have something more concrete to promote but yeah thanks for having me on guys sounds good take care gamer no hey, worries. We'll go check that out when that gets uh gets more uh underway i suppose thank you so much and our next caller is going to be Looks like it's Sean McD. I hope I'm saying that correctly. There's a little dot over the A. Mm. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Yeah, that's 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 Sean. Um, the A is the um, that's how you spell it in Irish. <laughs> so oh hell like, yeah! Thank yeah. you so much. Appreciate that. No worries. Um, so yeah, um, my question is about HBox and commentary. Not commentary, but just community discourse and, and how we talk about hunger sure. box. Yeah, sure. Is that um. I mean, he was dominant for for three years, right? And he still is mm-hmm, um, in contention mm-hmm. for, for number one. But I feel like as a casual spectator um, who, like, doesn't play the game competitively or anything like that, I don't understand why he's so good. And I get it kind of mixed up with just Puff as a character because he's the only one doing it since Mango, right? Mm-hmm. So I think, is there a way of developing, like, a lexicon or a vocabulary around, around HBox that makes us or helps us to understand just why he's a top player because i feel like from the way people talk about zane and and ibw and mango i can kind of gauge why they're good or what they're good or what situation Mm. um as in like a specific example would be like every casual spectator knows that wizzy is an incredible tech chaser right but i just don't do anything like that for hbox in terms of understanding why he's so good and i do think it was something kind of ludwig did well at the at the lsi because he was um you know he's a puff player you just don't Mm. see that Arms that often so i mean what are your guys thoughts on that and kind of developing that that lexicon we gotta get i will more journeys yeah i will start by saying i fully agree with you yeah which first of all we need love <laughs> to commentate more puff sets he really does seem to know a lot about the character yeah uh but you're right i uh i agree completely and i feel like there's two things going on here i feel like one of those things is yeah i think it is tough to it is tougher, at least for me, and I'm sure people. I mean, people, you used to analyze this guy at a very oh, yeah. deep level to try to beat him. So I'm sure, but you know, even then, I guess back then there was a bigger discrepancy. You know, there's there's other good Jigglypuffs now, but obviously they're still not as good. But I think you're right. It's harder to to pinpoint. You know, and I think what what's tough about HBox is some of the things you want to attribute to him, because you can sit here and say, oh, he's so patient, and he slows the game down, or whatever, and blah blah blah, and he like, but he's not always that patient, and he's got these, and there are these very vivid memories that we have of watching him sometimes where he kind of loses his patience and 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 you know i think th- what kind of ties in and the reason it's tough to kind of categorize him as a top player sometimes is, is i think for people who are very you know who are closely watching the scene for example in the on- online era and we remember some of these sets that hbox was driving to these people where he was looking at his twitch chat or whatever and and you know i think unfairly uh unfairly i think people kind of conflate um hbox you know, like the way it's like 
It's like when other people play bad, you see it in their execution. You see people uh, like Leffen or Cody or Mango when they're playing bad. You know they're not moving as well. But with Hbox, it's a little bit more nebulous. You know he's just drift. He's drifting in a little more. You know, and 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 you almost need to look at the player cam to know he's playing bad. I remember at Shine, he was looking really exasperated in a JMOOC. And I don't feel like I need to look at the player cam for any of the other top players to know if they're playing poorly. But I feel like with Hbox, in a weird way, I feel like it's one of the biggest and quickest tells is I look at the player cam and he just looks exasperated like he doesn't want to be there. Um, but I mean, yeah, you're right. So with, with that said, PP, yeah, do you have any insight as to like how would you... Because I was literally, I was, I was actually at the gym last week talking about this with Laudanus, and we were trying to, mm. I was asking him, dude, what makes HBox better than the other Puff players? Do you know? And, well, yeah, in bubble theory, but like, you know, it's like, I, uh, the, like I, I have abstract answers, but I do not really have a concrete answer. Yeah. Um, and on the flip side, the sad thing is I could tell you things that some of these other Puff players definitely do better than HBox. So then I'm kind of like, well, HBox must be doing more things, right? Because right. he's winning more. But I know for a fact that two Saint Di's out of Marth's throws better. I know for a fact that you know most of the other puffs these at this point are better at reaction resting. So what is it? Yeah, that's the thing. Oftentimes when you watch H box in a tournament, uh, right? Commentators will go, "How come he didn't rest there?" So I, I know what he's there. doing wrong, but I don't know what what he's doing well, right? Because he's kind of different, right? But. I will say there are two there are two three things I can immediately point out before I, before I, uh, even even sorry I kind of asked I kind of threw to you PP and I'm cutting you off. But <laughs> it's all good. Two things I can point out. I think Hbox is the pioneer of puffs down air. I think he's the best at using that move. I think he's the pioneer of puffs up air. I think those are ridiculously strong moves. I think for a long time Jigglypuff was considered almost a two two dimensional character where you had bear, which was great, but it poked this way. And I think Hbox really. Uh, like when I see him threaten people above him with up air, I think his precision with that move is just maybe it's maybe maybe people are learning from him now. But there was definitely a period where he was the only puff I felt like who could use that move properly. Same with Downer and his conversions off Downer. I felt like he was a uh, at least for a time he was ahead of the field. Um, and even though I will say I don't think he's the best at hitting these crazy rests, I think that he. You know, it's it, a, a, okay. A conversation we got into at LSI with like somebody like Zane. Dewan was on the mic saying, "How come Zane doesn't go for all the pivot tippers he used to? I feel like he used to do more off throw pivot tippers, and his his punish game used to be a little bit more bold." And I almost, I kind of postulated that maybe for somebody like that, when you're looking to win your first event, you're going to play bold and you're going to go for these bold punishes. But when you're looking to maintain your title, when you're looking to stabilize as a top player. You have to also shore up. You 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 almost. I feel like you see this from a lot of the top players. They stop going for these really difficult punishes because they just want to be able to execute consistently. I think at a subconscious level. And I wonder if some of that's happening with Hbox. I, I don't think he's hitting these crazy rests, but I will say very frequently I see Hbox get these huge confirms into death, uh, where where he just kind of combos a guy across the stage and into a bear string off the stage. And I'm just like, oh, that was a really good punish, and he opted not to rest, but. He didn't need a rest punish for it. So I will say his punish game, I think, is very good. It's just that I think that not just, it's just not with the rests, let's say, the rest setups. That's kind of the way I look at it. But PP, what do you think? Yeah, so Hungrybox, um, Hungrybox is a, a strange player. He, yes. He's, there's, you don't really have, we don't have, as EMP Lemon said, there will never, ever be another one. Agreed. Uh, to paraphrase a little bit. Um, so this guy, what Hungrybox cares about 
more than any other player that I've seen so far, at least like the way Hungrybox does it, is about being patient. And it's important yeah. to know that first. Because I think a lot of people, when they think about Hungrybox, they're like, that's all, that's all he is. But when Zane came on, I think Zane said something really important. So I'm just going to tie it back into that. So you, so make, it'll stick a little easier if I say Zane said it. Uh, Zane said that Hungrybox knows how to switch it up and he knows how to go in really well. And he can actually be, you know, one of the most aggressive players when he does that. And I think that's really important to keep in mind. When HBox started clutchboxing people, one of the biggest changes he made was he started playing more offense. And I don't mm. think HBox gets enough credit for his offense, uh, personally. Um, mm -hmm. I think his defense is obviously, you know, his strong thing. It's his main thing. It's what Puff's better at. But, mm. but the thing is, if you wait, if you just wait as Puff, you take 400 damage from Fox Laser and then you die to everything, yeah. right? You have to right. be able to to nudge the fox in various ways or encourage them to lose their position or whatever. And so the way Puff kind of works as a character is she is always like, a, she's like the annoying younger sibling that is not touching you, but threatening to touch you. It's like, I'm not, but I'm right mm -hmm, here. Mm -hmm. And you, and you have to do something about it. And it's like, it's right there. And if you move, then they move. And so it's always that sort of idea that that HBox is playing around, and then because and, and because he has such a good uh, grasp of like tempo changes, a lot of top players have gotten very good at that. Um, he takes his defense, and then once he's like, okay, finally, this person is just playing a defensive pace like me, or they're just waiting, or they're setting up for their offense. Now I'm gonna switch, and he just starts going in. And a good way to notice this. To give you a concrete example is when you start seeing him wave dash in against Falcon, as an example. Mm -hmm. um, if you see wave, HBox wave dashing in against Falcon, you you can probably assume he's playing his game and not the Falcon's game because it means that he's moving in. He's uh, he's kept the Falcon from being able to intercept him by setting up an aerial that would stop him when he's moving in, and then he can then pressure the Falcon shield. Sometimes he'll wave dash twice and grab, so it's like he's really conditioned the Falcon at that point. For example, right. Um, or he'll go for an up air and then convert into rest or some other punish. And that's what I think makes HBox good is his understanding of the player versus player interaction and abusing like um, how Puff's patience affects people, which I you know is related to the, the the spiritual bubble theory or whatever. But you know is is the is the you know the actual in game stuff. Um, and so I, I I do think that that and, and there's like other things I can talk about that are more specific like you know, how he spaces around people. And like, if you want to talk about a puff player, you can say, okay, well, how many jumps are they using before they make a decision, right? Like I was watching HBox Leffen and, and, and like just paying more attention to that because of the, the airtime limit discussion. And I was like, oh, it looks like HBox is using two or three jumps in the air and then coming down. And he's doing that, you know, pretty reliably. It was on FD, the main game, because that was the game where, you know, there was Leffen taunted and everything. So I was paying even more attention just to see what that, if, if there were things that were different. And that was kind of what I was noticing. So that's something for puffs, you know, management of your jumps is important because your earlier jumps go higher, your later jumps go lower. And so you want to always be thinking about managing that. And if you use all of them, then your recovery is really bad. So you don't want to use all of them usually. And so, uh, you know, that sort of thing is just neat to think about. And so there's there's stuff to talk about puff. There's stuff to talk about HBox. And then there's the overlap of the two. And it's tough, like you're saying, because... HBox is Puff in a way, but you mm -hmm. know, still being able to talk about how he uses Puff, how he uses that keep away to turn into his offense, I think is really important. Interesting.
Offense. I think talking about offense uh, with Puff is interesting because I think not a lot of people really understand. I wanted to ask you, um, go a little bit deeper into what is he looking for when he wave dashes forward against, like you said, like Falcon? Um, when HBox is wave dashing forward, he is generally banking on the fact that the person is going to like stay in place or they're going to react late because they're not, because like if HBox wave dashes, it means he probably landed from an aerial or something, which means the other person did not run in and challenge his landing. Right. And HBox wave dashing forward means. Yeah, yeah. So, but generally, um, HBox is going to be wave dashing in because he's like, okay, well, this person's going to wait because if they try to run in, I've been landing and then back airing again and doing my defensive, my standard, my, you know, my mm -hmm. layer one. And now if I think they're going to wait or if I've convinced them to wait, now I'm going to land. They react late to me landing or they react late to this first wave dash. And now it's a, it's a second mix up because now it's like, okay, well now by the time they've reacted, I could jump again. They're not going to be able to run and grab me. Like in the case of Falcon, for example, cause I could crouch. Um, mm -hmm. and so now I can try and go for, um, pressure. I can go for an aerial cause I'm closer and I can get that out at a better way to make my aerial win. Cause if puff and Falcon are space, it can be better for Falcon, but if puffs closer, it can be better for puff. So these sorts of things just can matter more. And so that wave dash um, actually can avoid a lot, but you don't like if you, Puff was closer, you wouldn't want to wave dash in because Falcon controls his space with his aerial as well. And so, you know, HBox has to do a lot of conditioning and, and tempo change to set that up. And so right. uh, switching into that offensive gear means that he has to really, really lower the pace of the opponent and maybe also set some extra conditioning to to make that happen. And so it is, I think it is cool to see it done but he you know it's also reliable because he's able to win pretty reliably and turn around games by doing it so it's it's really impressive to see yeah i feel like um i feel like that makes a lot of sense because uh you know especially with the way people view hungry boxes pound usage i feel like if you were to ask most of most you know most people who are watching modern melee and even most top players like when when hbox is getting aggressive what is he doing and i feel like they think about the overshoot pounds Right. Um, but then it's kind of like, what does he have beyond that? Right. And uh, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm with you. It's like, that's, that's sort of the, uh, that's the sort of thing that I think, you know, cause like we've seen that, 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 and I think people remember because it's easy to meme on Puff being a campy character. People remember the moment, they remember the timeouts and they remember the, the, you know, ledge camping or whatever you want to call it, you know, and, and, and air, stalling or whatever but really hbox isn't usually playing like that at all but he's still usually winning i mean he usually makes it really far in the bracket so it's like okay what else is he doing right clearly he's not just camping his way into top eights because um yeah you can watch any of his matches and that's just not what's happening i mean even his last couple of matches with the slug i remember even zane was really surprised zane asked me how the set at big house went between him and slug and i was like hey, xbox won pretty solidly um i think it was i think this was big house maybe it was shine but anyway Point is, um, I told Zane, HBox won pretty solidly, and, and Zane was like, oh, did he camp him? And I was like, no, no, no. Played pretty aggressive, just kind of stayed out of the ranges of, uh, of IC's most threatening moves. Didn't, didn't get up air, didn't get wave dash up smashed, didn't get wave dash forward smashed, uh, didn't get wave dash bared too much, right? Kind of played outside those ranges, would bait slug into the air and then punish him, uh, would split up Nana, and then, you know, just, I think... Um, just played the matchup really solid. And, and Zane at the time was kind of surprised. I remember Zane saying like, wow, I thought Slug would almost be the favorite if Xbox mm. wasn't camping. And this was only a couple months ago. 
Right. So um, yeah. I feel like there's this discrepancy that people have in this to say, I fully agree with Sean. I feel like there's a discrepancy in the way people talk about HBox's skills uh, because it's harder to. Yeah, it's harder to. Uh, it's just harder to watch Puff, not not in like an enjoyment yeah. sense, but in just like a interaction sense, because Puff yeah. takes longer and she's farther away and you don't see like lasers flying across the screen. So you're like, well, what is happening? Why is why is that? And like, and the pacing is slower. It's just, it's harder to follow. I totally get it. I think um, it also, you know, for what it's worth, I think it also kind of, you know, there are just fewer puffs at the top level right. than a lot of the other top tiers. And so we just have less of a comparison point. Um, you know, I would really need, I almost feel like I would really need to like watch Two Saint versus somebody and then watch HBox play that person or watch Solo Battle against somebody and then watch HBox play that person. I feel right. like that's how I would need to do it to really crystallize mm -hmm. what hbox is specifically doing different against an individual player but um yeah i mean i think i think i think you you listed a lot of good things there pp so i don't know this is all to say sean i don't think we have this is not the end all be all um but i think it's a great question and i think it's something i'm going to continue to dig into uh in the future but i hope that we at least kind of scratch the surface today right sure right. Yeah, that was great. Sorry, my Discord dropped out for the last part there. But um, oh, you're good. Thank you um, so much for having me. That was really insightful. Um, that was yeah, that helped a lot. It was something I've been thinking about for a long time, and it actually, it must make sense that that uh, the way the language you guys were kind of putting on it already has kind of helped mm -hmm. me to build that kind of knowledge. So yeah, thank Love you so much. That. Love that. You got any shout outs for us on your way out today, sir? Um, yeah, I mean, sure. Shout out, shout out, Ireland. <laughs> Not represented in Smash. Hell teams. yeah. Um, and uh, shout out to commentary. I'm, I'm an I'm an actor and a performer, so I think people need to appreciate. Oh, really? What you guys bring hmm. to the scene and that kind of thing a lot more. It's it's really sick, and I think uh, people people got to understand what you're doing is really hard, and you're doing it at a super high level. So thanks. Hmm. Well said. Well said. Thank you so much. Take care, gamer. Have a good rest of your day or night. Bye -bye. All right. Amazing. I love a good commentary shout out. Yeah, yeah. Love a good uh, Ireland shout out too. Of course, the best Irish player being uh, you know, S2J. <laughs> I was I was thinking really about cool. saying it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really cool to have uh, top level Irish representation at all these <laughs> yeah. tournaments all the time. Uh, S2J is he going to be is S2J even going to be at Summit? I, I just realized I don't know which which of the Falcons I are going to be. Don't think Usually so. Usually there's one or two of them. We got Wizzy No S2J this time around. We got Wizzy, yeah. So, oh. okay. Is what it is. Well, uh, I think we got time for at least one more caller, right? Um, and we're bringing on. Uh, we've got Kenicky. Ken Kenicky. Hello. Hello. Where are you calling Hello, from? I've seen your post your, uh... on Reddit. What's up? Huh. You're you're Hello. over here on the Discord now. I'm watching I am. you. I'm branching out. Yeah, I'm calling in from uh, New England, Boston area. Mm. Um, and my question is kind of uh, with the Ludwig Invitational using a format that's kind of used to Smash with Swiss as well as offseason kind of doing something interesting as well. We've been seeing tournament formats kind of get shaken up a bit, and I think we'll probably see more experimentation in the future, especially with invitationals like the upcoming summit. Um, yeah, so now, like, this summit is still running the same format as it has for the last uh, few times, but uh, mm -hmm. let's say we live in a world where summit decides to run, like, the most extreme format, which is the 16-person round robin. Who do you think comes out on top uh, in the round robin, wow. like, taking into account both like all the overall matchups present, also like tournament endurance. Like, how do you, how, who do you think might do better or worse 
Is, this isn't in one day, is it? Or how is this spread out? I um, think that's part of it, right? They'll make it work, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah, but is it over the course of the whole summit, or because it's it, over the that, course? Does, of the does whole that summit. does that yeah. replace the Sunday finals? Yeah, or let's, do you let's have... say it just replaces like everything. It's just like oh wow, round robin from like whatever. They probably need to extend it by a couple of days, but right, um, right. So then we're taking into account it's not just how good you are at beating the best players. It's also how good you are at not losing to some of the other guys, right? That's a pretty good mm -hmm. argument for Zane, isn't it? I think Zane, Cody. Cody's, yeah. Cody feels pretty consistent. Under normal circumstances, I would say Leffen. But I do got to say that, you know, Leffen's, Leffen's got these... such a wild card, man. Right now, it feels like Leffen's got some questions he needs to answer in the Fox Ditto, specifically, hmm. right? Sunsei and Moki, right? Yeah, okay, okay. Zane, I think, yeah, I think Zane is uh is gonna be up there for sure. Amsa, Amsa's is shockingly consistent. He for is his character. Um, did did face a lot more. I think, especially Fox related struggles. Yeah, at the Ludwig Smash Invitational. So that puts a question mark there for me. Agreed. I don't know if that if that was maybe more people focusing on him, but he also had Moki, who he said was also just really good at the matchup, and so you know it's just something else to think about. Um, uh, you, you know, just just the mid tier life, but maybe maybe he does. Maybe he's like, yeah, it's fine, or maybe he just has a really hot day and mm -hmm. and he makes it work. Um, but you know, so that it, it's a little weird for me. I wouldn't personally put my money on the Amsa horse, but I you right. know sure. I mean, he's and he done, is a horse. <laughs> that's true he's done far more than i would have ever expected him to do as yoshi so i you know what who am mm. i to say that he couldn't do it um yeah but i think yeah i think zane cody uh yeah leffen leffen on on good leffen day or whatever sure yeah. um but zane and cody are are maybe the two but i don't know it's interesting right like if, if i had to pick between zane and cody i think does does cody get burnt out sometimes i do think i see him talk about that occasionally but zane i feel like yeah he, he will play after tournaments tournaments are done and stuff that guy's wild so i think he just he'll he, go to he, the he, cave and beat up yeah. bobby big balls you know okay <laughs> yeah, i know doesn't bobby care. doesn't live in virginia anymore but or maryland but yeah. um I, and i do think that there's there's something to be said for the fact that like the way even the way they beat some of these players you know i feel like zane he mauls the second tier foxes. Like at Big House, he all, I mean, he didn't actually almost JV5, but like there, there was a game where for all intents and purposes, Moki was getting JV. Like Moki took 22% game mm. two of their Big House set, right? It was like a 22% four stop. And I feel like when you've got certain matchups, spaces, under such a domination that I feel like you can, cons and, that's, and it's a really common matchup, a really right. common matchup. I feel like you save a lot of energy um, yeah. because you just go up there and you beat the shit out of who's, who are the Fox at the vents? You got Sunsei Professor Pro, right? Um, I feel like that really helps both in yeah. confidence, conserving your energy, because those are players that are probably taking, you know, they might be taking Mango and some of these guys to game five or more.
or Cody or whatever. And endurance um, is such a big factor in all this, right? Because you're playing for so long, yeah. so many sets. And so just to, just to you know reinforce your point, I think endurance, we're really, really testing for that in addition to consistency across matchups. So I just wanted to highlight how you, that. How do you like uh, big H-boxes odds? What do you think about him? Oh, oh you're right. Well, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying anything about it. I'm oh, not, no, that's I'm just, I, I'm I don't know why we just well, we just had, we just talked about him for a while. I don't know how we I did. didn't think about it. <laughs> but yeah, I uh, feel like Hbox like has like huge like up because he's like I feel like all the floaty players are going to and like people who don't play spaces especially are just going to have big of an bit of an advantage because they more don't have stamina, to play right? Constantly. Yeah. Does yeah, he get through all Yeah. The stamina for sure, but does he get through all those? Fo- there's a lot of yeah, foxes, there's, there's foxes, and, then, and it feels like every yeah. event. And I never know how much of this is um, the other top players just kind of ragging on him for no reason. But I always feel like every event when Hbox does well, there's always this thing where someone comes out and they're like, "Well, he didn't have to play this guy. And he didn't have to play this guy." So in an event like this, he would play everybody, right? So how does that change his? So he's gonna have to play Cody, Leffen, Mango, Zane, right? Yeah, and no, I don't, I, I don't know how he's fa- I don't know what his head to heads are looking like lately against all these. Uh, Alms as well, right? Mm-hmm. Wizzy. So I don't I, know. I think I, his Wizzy one's been better lately. Better, especially yeah. after LSI. Yeah, I'm not as sure about the others, especially Alms. I think Alms has been a little more favored lately against Hbox. Yeah. So yeah, Hbox is. It really depends on. It, you know, it's it might be one of those funny things where it might even depend on the tournament scheduling. How much do people have to play back to back? How many matches do people have to play a day? Because I think the more you play, I think more the more someone like Hbox can just kind of really grind you out, mm-hmm. and that could be pretty darn good for him. But then there's also stuff like you know when does everyone play, right? And that could also be a factor. So that's really Hbox is a very interesting. Yeah. Candidate for that, and I think he would set up like some Hbox master plan for it because he's all he. I think uh, you know as public comes up with those. To, you have to set up those steps in advance, right? And think yeah. about how to grind people out. So it'd be very interesting. Um, I think Hbox could definitely. I think he, he. It's hard to say. He could get nerfed. He could get buffed, and it could just yeah. be you know, bracket dependent, or not bracket, but like timing dependent. Or timing dependent. dependent. I, my my sleeper pick is Plup. Um, I think Plup is only really in danger of the burnout factor of having to play that many. Right. Yeah. But, you know, we're talking about this burnout factor order, but okay, objectively speaking, bro, if you're doing a 16, that's not actually more melee than they already play at Summit. Oh, maybe it's not. I don't actually know You know what know I'm saying? Imagine it's just, you're, you're playing an average of three to four matches a day. Oh, and I think yeah, on fine, Right? You're playing everybody, and it's over the course of four days. If you do it over the course of four days, isn't it just three or four matches a day? That's really not that much. So yeah, I don't, I think on okay, the first yeah. day they only play like two matches each, right? Yeah, but then on finals day, I mean, the people who are going yeah, into top true. eight, they play like five or six matches or seven. So mm. I think it at least averages out. Mm. I, I think four hours. I think if you're playing a set, you're basically playing a set every two to three hours on average, which is really not. Oh, that Oh, that's much. not bad. Yeah, that's so uh, I, back to Zane. I almost feel like Zane, and then uh, the reason I like Plup is because I think having the two characters really helps him. Plup is in a unique spot where he might be one of the only people who's really going to take it to Zane. Right. Um, right. Right. And then, and then, you know, character wise, he's basically, I feel like these days, he's usually playing a matchup that feels pretty good for him um, because of his character spread, even because of his play style. There are certain people that I think are like, they're, that, are, that are really scary for some of these other players that Plup kind of has a handle on. I think Plup does typically pretty well against Zane. Plup does pretty typically very well against Wizzy. 
Um, and and I think he's so fast that that uh, you know. I don't know. I, 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 my, my sleeper pick for this kind of experimental format, I think Plup might actually be a, a secret. He might, this fun. might be a hot take, but I feel like he might be really good. But yeah, this would be really interesting. I've always liked that the Street Fighter community does those, those Topanga tournaments where they actually do do a round robin. And they do round robins of like first to sevens. It's insane. But oh, on the wow. flip side, it's not 16 players. It's like, it's like eight players or some mm. smaller number of players. So, um, but those are cool because at the end of the day, you really can't say anything. You know, like if you don't, uh, <laughs> you if didn't you dodge don't, anyone. uh, you didn't dodge anyone, you didn't dodge anyone. So, you know, it's a, I, I would love to see it at some point. I would love to see something like this, but, uh, well, it won't be this event. Yeah. Hey, but Hey, I, that's a cool discussion. And I mean, thanks for bringing it to us. Uh, Kaneki, mm-hmm. uh, any shout outs for us on your way out today? Um, I don't know. No one in particular, just shout outs to all smash fans in general. Um, wow! Big that. viewer of both melee and ult, so uh, yeah, just everyone out there who's paying attention to Smash. So, yeah. Very nice. Very, very safe. Nice. Very wide net today. So yeah. <laughs> love that. Ireland and Smash fans. Uh, all right, we well, take right. care, gamer. Yep, you too. Thank you so much, Kennedy. And we got one more caller, someone who actually has been on the program before. Uh, Ryobeat, what's up? Welcome to the program. Where are you calling in from, uh, gamer? Ryobeat, yo, what's up, guys? Yo, what's up? Hello. Uh, Hello. I'm calling in from NYC, as NYC. I do. That's NYC. <laughs> yes, I New Yorkers are very self patting on the back about how cool we are. I'm gonna do the same. Let's go, NYC. Uh, <laughs> we love ourselves, but um, I do have a question. Um, mm because there's been a lot of discourse on commentary recently. Mm. And I feel like in a lot of ways, what I'm seeing, and you know, I think everyone's had a commentary take here and there. Um, right. But like, it feels like every style of commentary gets a type of hate. And I'm, I'm kind of confused as to like what direction the community really wants to go and stuff like that. Like, I don't know what people really like, obviously it's stylistic, um, but I don't want to do too much of like, Oh, like tell me all the bad ones. But I'm, what I really want to ask you too is like, what are personally some of your favorite commentary attributes and qualities? And do you have any recent memories or examples of those attributes? Because when I think of my commentary recently, this or for this year, like I thought everyone was kind of killing it. I thought Big House, uh, Utof, and uh, Scar, like that was some of the best commentary I've heard all year, as well as. Um, Jorge and um, and Junebug, I thought they did a great job at Double Down, and you guys kind of did it for like completely different reasons. I feel like they joked around a lot more, and then like mm-hmm. you guys kind of had like this very exasperate. You and Scarred had the exasperated, like on the edge of our seats, no one knows what's going to happen kind of vibe, and I really liked both. So I'm just curious what you guys look out for, and what's like something recently that you're like, wow, that commentary moment really like stuck with me. I I'll go first. Uh, for me, I strongly feel like the thing that my heroes, uh, Brandon and Phil, when I got into commentary, that they did better than anyone was they made me feel like I was in the venue with them. I always say this. Um, I don't know that I do this in the same way as them because I think I'm stylistically very different, obviously. But um, uh, that is the meta level thing that they do that I. Uh, really just appreciate and would like to kind of embody. And I think from there, my decisions in terms of how I choose to present myself at each tournament 
LSI, you know, with four or five people joking around on the couch with Ludwig and stuff, it's going to be a different vibe than me and Scar more buttoned up for top eight at Big House. But at the end of the day, I, I would hope that the people tuning in have a little bit of that feel. And, and I think if it feels different from one event to the next, it's because, well, they're different events and, and what it's like to attend those tournaments is different. Um, but I, you know, would hope that what I'm doing with my commentary is sort of inspiring people to go to more tournaments. Um, uh, that, that's my answer. And I think that that is my quality or my attribute that I value the most is the ability to make someone feel like they're there. Um, because then I'm hoping that they'll want to eventually actually go there. Because they say, wow, this is so cool. I want to be, a, I actually want to be a part of this and kind of become more invested in the scene. And for what it's worth, you know, every time I tune into the nightclub, I got a shout out New York for, for you, Ryobit. I think that the nightclub does an awesome job of this. Thank you so much. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, well, going to be hard to follow up very powerful commentator, man, but I will wow. do my best. <laughs> uh, so for me, um, I think. You know, I I find myself uh, most often enjoying um, commentary that's fun. And there's a fine line mm-hmm. for me with it because I think sometimes people that are having fun, what they're what they're actually doing is they're just like dunking on people. And I don't <laughs> really like to a certain point, I don't actually enjoy mm-hmm. that anymore. Like if you're like it all, like I think sometimes we go like a little too far with it or it gets a little mean spirited sometimes. Not my <laughs> thing personally. Uh, but, you know, um, I mean, look, I'm a Ludwig fan. He's entertaining when he was when he was goofing off with people. I really enjoyed it. Uh, everyone was kind of bouncing off each other really well or just coming up with like threads to follow or things to call back to or, you know, like setting up like a thing that we're pretend mad about, even though we're not or, you know, or whatever, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. It's like fun. It's not really hurting anyone. It's a, and, you know, it's surprising. It's it's a good and it and then like. You know, you come back and you talk about the match in a surprising way, or you or something happens in the match. You're like, oh, see, this is like what I was talking about, and that's fun. I enjoy that. Um, I can all. I also remember um, when uh, Wobbles was doing more commentary, mm-hmm. and he was keeping it, you know, informative in a way, and then he would also kind of like have these like Wobbles style jokes that he would like throw in, and I, you know, like I, I, I enjoy like because I think you know sometimes with people that are informative they can be too dry. I've mm-hmm. I've been accused of this very fairly, I think, uh, and so you know this is uh this is something that you know when I when I'll be listening for information, you know, keeping it uh, interesting but still maybe a little informative can be fun for me too, and and those are those are some of the the quick ones for me. Mm. Yeah, I think um, I'm hearing a lot of like, if I could like synthesize a little bit, like your points, like, I think it seems like it's kind of similar where it's like, it feels like we all like different aspects of commentary, but I like what Toph said, where it's like, it's also about like fitting the moment and fitting the event. Um, Like I actually think like analytical commentary in like the time of AMSA rising up is so interesting to me when I can see someone like, did the homework on why Oms is winning. Cause I don't know why Oms right. is winning. And right. like, that's super sick though. There's sometimes where it's just like, you know, Mango and HBox kind of had a little back and forth online or something. And this is about like uh-huh. pride and goat status. And so this it's a little bit more like, mm-hmm. you know, a little, a little scrappier, a little like, Ooh, he's going to be mad after this type of thing. And right. like kind of fitting the moment in the tournament. So I, I guess it just kind of reassured me that like really 
the styles, like they all have a place depending on the moment, which I didn't really right. know. Mm. Right. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And- it's um it's definitely something we think about. And I mean I mean uh yeah, I mean even 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 down to uh is it a local, is it a regional, is it a major? Mm-hmm. Is it uh are there two people on the mic or four? You know, it's 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 a different it's a different act, but I think that like putting the viewer first and, and thinking what, you know, thinking about the fun factor, thinking about the experience you want the viewer to have. I think that really can be a guiding star for a lot of people, you know? Right. No, yeah, definitely. I think, I think that kind of, that kind of covered my, uh, my question. I guess the only like maybe last touch is that mm. do you, do you two have like a, a favorite commentary moment or top eight this year that like you felt like was, was really good that you're just like, Wow, I thought those two killed it. Or in the last two years, if you know, this year was weren't sure. Oh man. Um, for other people, well, for me, uh, I think the best job I think I've ever done, uh, or that we've ever done was me and Scar at Big House for sure. I think um yeah, we great. we did a better job. I think we did a better job in that top eight. Cause you know, I, I try to take stock of how I think I'm doing and how I think we're doing. Cause we we bounce and, and Scar was feeling weird about that event coming into it. Like um he was thinking of not going. And, and, and Juggle, I basically had to contact him and kind of talk him into it. And I think for Scar, he kind of has this thing where he feels like he wants to, he doesn't want to feel like he's out of touch. You know, people joke mm-hmm. about Scar being out of touch and not knowing some of the new blood. And he doesn't like feeling like he's out of touch because he wants to embody the, the everyman, the, the, the common melee player, if you will. Right. Um, and and I was kind of telling him, you know, whether you whether you feel like you're embodying that or not, I think you should give this event a, sh- a shot because, uh, uh, you know, I I still think that even if you're not as tuned into the melee scene, I think you've still got a very high level of empathy, and I think you've got a very high level of insight that 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 I still feel like is being unmatched by a lot of people. Um, and then on the flip side, uh, for 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 other people, um, I mean, well, it's hard for me to um. Uh, it's hard for me to not say like Brandon and Phil, but I, I will say one of my most enjoyable um, commentary experiences uh, was actually watching the first half of Big House Top 8, which was Brandon and Vish, and I thought they did an amazing mm. job. Mm. Uh, they made some jokes that I thought were really fucking hilarious. I think Brandon made a joke about how uh, Yoshi's story got gentrified um, <laughs> that I thought was hysterical. <laughs> Um, and I think Vish might've followed up by calling Randall Whole Foods or something. It was really funny. Uh, it was one of my favorite commentary moments. Oh my God. Ab- absolutely. Uh, cause they were, this was in the context of like, oh, Falco used to be very considered very strong on this stage, but now this is considered a winning stage for Fox in the matchup. Oh, the stage got gentrified. So I thought that was a plus plus. I thought that was so funny and the chat loved it. Um, one of the funniest things I've ever seen on commentary. So that's I, to me, oh this is very God. recent. So it's in, it's in recent memory, but that was one of my favorite moments. Yeah. Oh, oh man, that, oh, that's beautiful. There's, there's no following that up, but yeah. I will say anyway, that uh, I have goldfish memory. Um, if you've listened to more of this episode, you know that I can't remember what happened two weeks ago. <laughs> these attorneys. Uh, but um, I will just reiterate. I, really enjoyed Ludwig because I'm a fan mm-hmm. but I enjoyed everyone kind of I enjoyed like everyone kind of molding around that and and Ludwig not like you know 
just trying to take up too much focus, but yeah, coming in at appropriate times. And what everyone, are we even yeah. hopping on for ultimate? And which is a game he does not know. And he was just, you know, and he would defer to the other guy. I thought he did a great job on that too. And I think that shows a lot of class and a lot of, um, understanding. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I yeah. thought Ludwig did a great job. Like he, I thought he great did job. like being next to like, I guess more seasoned, uh, commentators. I thought one of the funniest things he would do is just kind of break the tension with a dumb question intentionally. Mm-hmm. Right. Like he would mm-hmm. just be like, so like Xbox is like an asshole for doing this, right? Like just like in the <laughs> yeah, middle right, of something right. very serious. And I think that was like a great way to throw it in. Instead of just it didn't sound like he was whining about the match. It sounded like he wanted to like change the pace really in a funny way. Well he's and also the voice he's also the voice of like a lot of chatters with I think that one, right? And so I think other mm-hmm. people were like, Oh, he's like me for real. Yeah. If they do that one. In so that I, sense. you know, I, mm-hmm. I I I always like when you know, I think that's part of what Brandon and Phil actually do uh, can do really well is they'll channel the everyman. And sometimes they do that by be by putting on a voice and and pretending they're a person on Twitter. But regardless, they still do it and that's cool. Mm-hmm. I think for me. 100%. I gotta I gotta shout out uh Utof and Scar mm. for I I've watched like winners finals and grand finals so many times of the big house oh, really? for the commentary and yeah like like dozens of times. Like I, I have the commentary memorized, I remember the most it was really oh, cool wow. for me. Mm. Wow. And uh winners finals, it it just felt like you and Scar were like falling off of like a waterfall in fear of watching <laughs> someone who's like in front of you falling off the waterfall. There's this like, <laughs> there's, this like per- there's this moment at the end where it's like last dog going back and forth and like, like Scar does the tove, and but you <laughs> respond with like, Bobby! <laughs> You're both just like losing it. And me and Jojo are like, we really want to edit like someone falling off like a Literally giant a video, cliff. Yeah. It's like, nice. Bobby! Oh and, like, my God. And then, like, I think, like, he, like, almost dies and he does it. And, like, Scar even, like, cracks his voice. And he's like, Ooh. he lives. Like, it's like a horror story. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. I remember that moment. Yeah. I remember it was that. crazy. Because I, I was definitely that. watching, like, oh, my God. Like, this is this is a horror story. And then it just yeah. ends. Like, ah, there it is. Oh. It's super, it super got me. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it super hit. Um. I really, yeah, we had a, we had a really good time with those finals. And, and, you know, it's funny because like, I was thinking about it, you know, I wish I could, I wish there was a way to do that. Um, it's really hard. I, this is just a little, like little, um, tangent. It's hard to do that with like four or five people on the couch. I will say, Oh yeah. you know, oh, yeah. unless like somehow all of you are really into it, yeah, but like, if there's even one guy that's not yelling, it's weird, you know? Like everyone yeah. would have, everyone would have to be yelling. Like, like that's how, and you can steer it in that direction with two people because you are, it's this thing and you kind of mm. are, you know, you, mm. you know, it's like Bobby, you know, and it's this, it's this back and forth, but with five people, it's like, you know, you really need everyone. And, and usually mm. you're not going to have five people, the whole fun of the five man couch, um, mm-hmm. just to draw a distinction. The fun is that you have a lot of very different styles typically, um, and and so you're naturally gonna just well you're gonna talk less and you're gonna have less of a sort of say in the in the energy or what have you. Um, so it's mm. fun and it's interesting for a different reason. Um, and and this yeah. was one of the most recent wave of commentary, whatever people uh, talking about like oh you know blah blah blah. The, I didn't like the commentary at this event, and I think it's just a stylistic thing. You know, at that point, it's to me. You know, I didn't really take it personally uh, from the from the standpoint that I think people even think I might have because to me it's just like you know, there's nothing that 
really can be done once that's decided. If it's going to be Summit style couch, Smash Summit's probably going to be the same way. I think it's just very, you're going to get what you're going to get with, with just more people because you're going to have more viewpoints and more people, you know. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I always have fun, uh, uh, you know, and I think that, I think they're getting into the, thinking about the viewership experience and stuff like that, I think is, is always a good uh, principle. And I'm glad that you, in particular, really resonated with the big house commentary because uh, it's always cool when, 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 especially when like top players and really skilled players mm -hmm. like the commentary because I feel like um, if you understand the game at a deeper level, then um, it means more to me that I'm on the right track, let's say. Oh yeah, I it was it was really phenomenal. I, I like because I've had my my periods of like, oh, uh, Peach commentary not great. But uh, like this too, the first time I was like, or just seeing all the Reddit comments, I'm like, mm. I feel out of touch with the hate. I, I'm having a great time. Like, what's going on? Ah, um, nice. But uh, it was sick. And I've also like shifted a little from the top player. Like, oh, just perfectly analyze everything. I care more about like, you know, just making it seem like uh, something I really like too. And I'll I'll try to cut it here so I don't ramble too much. But um, I I really have been liking just like because there was a moment where people tried peach commentary by saying everything that happened and it was just kind of confusing for me and I knew they didn't super understand the tech and it was tough and mm. they would have to just sit there and that that would be with every character there they would have to sit down and do that. Yeah. Um, but one thing I've really been like liking I think this is mainly from like I would say Scar I see you do it a, a little bit as well where it's like yeah. You'll take one thing that's like difficult and new and almost highlight it over and over as opposed to try to talk mm -hmm. on every new thing. And I think like sure. highlighting the difficulty hits so hard because it's just like, it's just like Amsa just did something that's like one frame. Like if he missed that, like the whole tournament's over and yet he still had the courage to go for it. Like I think that hits me and also like the everyman because it's just like, yeah. wow, was it really that hard? And it's like, yeah. It's like, is that, it like uh, that new? Yeah. It's like, a, it's almost like, um, yeah, it gives it gives people something to latch on to. Um, mm -hmm. And yeah, I guess you're right. You know, it's funny. You're right that that often it, it, it might not even necessarily be that whatever happened truly was the the standout uh, thing or, or, or strategy or what have you that, that won that person that match. Um, and it's it's better when when it really does align. I mean, if there's like like I mean, what would be an example of that? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I remember. Um, Zane versus Rishi, that one bit Big House Seven or whatever it was, where uh, or Big House Nine or whatever it was, where it was like one frame was the deciding factor of uh, right. who won that set. Something like that. Like it's it's great, you know. If 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 whoever was, I don't think I commentated that even because I remember I think I was watching that from the crowd. But if whoever commentated that, for example, not that they would have known it was a one frame moment, but if whoever commentated that, for example, said something like, "Oh my goodness," to to explain what just happened, that was literally a sixtieth of a second decided. You know, if someone went mm -hmm. into that level of detail and it really truly was the thing that decided the set, I think that would be like uh, perfect. But I think you're right that it does give people something to latch onto, and I think that it's um, it's a good way to get people to care and uh, about um, learning something new. They're learning something new, but they also are doing it in this very engaging way. Right, and very, like, respectful to, like, the top players. I also thought you guys did, like, a, sure, oh, yeah. like, these are two titans of the games. These are two tournament mm -hmm, winners. Mm -hmm, these are people mm -hmm. hitting impossible things. Like, all that stuff, I think, makes a viewer think, like, wow, these guys are, like, insane, and I'm They're watching great. them. You know, as opposed yeah. to, and eh, everyone's playing bad, you know, or, like. Right, right, right. I remember there was yeah. a top player time with that, where it was just, like, 
why didn't the commentators just say everyone played one out of 10? I'm like, that would be sad to say. <laughs> it would be sad. Yeah, it would just be sad. You know, no one, it's just a Debbie Downer kind of thing, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, it's easy to do that at, Especially at Summit when the top players, you know, you'll, you'll come down and you'll even be commentating. You'll just go, ah, I played really bad. It's like, yeah, you know, <laughs> but you also played pretty good. Uh, even right. if, you know, you don't feel like it in the moment. Because mm-hmm. you did some stuff that 99% of players can't do. So it is what it is. Right, exactly. But yeah. Anyways, thank you for the question, Ryabeat. Um, especially loving your, uh, yeah, your, your shout out. And of course, everyone should watch the nightclub on Wednesdays, right? Yeah, actually, it's uh, tomorrow. NYC Melee? Oh, yeah. I, uh, okay. I'll, I retired from TOing, but now I entered and I won the last one. So Oh, you won? Wow. Who got second oh. and third? Uh, Captain Smuckers and Kata. Smuck's back. Wow. Yeah, Kata's back on box. So oh, yeah. Awesome. It's a great time. So tomorrow, All right. NYC Melee, it'll be, it'll be great. Are you going to defend your title? Ooh, I, I, I can only hope so. I'm going to do my best. There might be two Saint there, and then we might have to split because it's 10 timeouts, uh-huh. but uh-huh. I'll do my best. Okay. Okay, best of luck. To those of you watching you. on YouTube, I think usually these videos go up on, on Wednesday. So uh, when, um, yes, when, mm-hmm. when you're not watching whatever's going on at Summit. Well, I guess Summit, usually the stream starts Thursday these days, so mm-hmm. feel free to tune into that. Um, thank you so much for your call, Ryby, and have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you, guys. Bye. See ya. All right. And I think that with that, I think Robbie was our last caller. Yep. And um, I think the only thing left for us to do, PP, uh, as we get ready to head into uh, the long, you know, couple days of Smash Summit, where I'm sure we're just watching a bunch of Melee, uh, uh, is I guess we got to think of a community voice question for the, for the people out there. I came up with a couple. Would you like to hear them? Oh, my God. Yeah, but don't. But are we going to give them a couple or are we going to give them well, one? We're going to give the, we're, we're going to pick one. Oh, we're going to pick one? Okay. Yeah, is that okay? Let's, let's hear them. Let's hear them. Okay. So the first one um is not summit related. Uh but the second one is. The first one is uh, you know, I think we've asked a lot of questions about, you know, we'll talk about a lot of competitive things and rankings and all that stuff and I think that's good, but sometimes I think it's just good to think about to celebrate melee in a different slightly different way. So my one of the questions was, what is your favorite thing about Melee that's not a competitive thing? And that could be mm-hmm. the Dreamland song, because you love clapping off rhythm. Oh, my God. Or it could be uh, the way D sounds or whatever, right? I th- and like that, I think those are like, you know, fun. That's like a fun thing to think about. But the Summit-related question, which I also think would be funny to look at the answers for next week, would be, um, what would you say to the winner of Summit? Mm. And so, because like obviously this comes out before, but if we look at the answers next week, like what if someone's like, "Hey, congratulations, Leffen on the win," and he does win, then it's cool. But then if he doesn't, then it's it, you know it's humorous because it was different. Maybe that's not good, but that's something I thought about. I like that question. Uh, I like actually I like both those questions. I feel like the for me. Well, the problem is, like, I would say, I would say something very different to who, like, whoever wins Summit. The only problem is, I, wouldn't, wouldn't you say something really different based on who won? You know what I mean? Like, if it's well, off, I would. Yeah, so you you would have, you, you, you can't be too generic. Like, congratulations on the win. Right? Like, if, if, you call, if you, like, like I say, you call the Amsa win, you're like, dude, Amsa, yo, I mean, that's crazy. You're, like, on the track to be number one. But then he, like, gets ninth. That's tough, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, yeah. 
but I mean, there's just so many good players at Summit, it could just happen. And so it's one of those things. And that, that's the risk, right? That's kind of the risk. That's the, that's the gamble of it. I like people having to, I like people having to, um, yeah, you, they have to, you, there's going to be a little bit of risk incurred with that question. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually really into both those. Um, man. Yeah. Let's just, honestly, I almost feel like we've done this before where, sure, sure. We've also done this before where, I mean, you know, we kind of preface it by saying, uh, if there's, if there's a question, because sometimes guests will provide two little questions. And if you have, if you have one that you particularly want to answer, feel free. But, um, let's say that officially that's the question. Officially. What what would would you say say to the winner of summit? To the winner of summit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, what and then if say? you want to do a different one or you want to answer the other one, it's what's your favorite non-competitive favorite aspect of Melee? Right. What do you mean by non-competitive? Because that can mean, to so, some people, that can mean not even playing just tournaments, but to some people, that can mean not playing at all. Oh, yeah, I guess I, I guess you know? I more so meant, like, the game itself. Okay, okay, the game itself. Okay, because I yeah. would say something along the lines of, like, going to Denny's after the tournament. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, do, you love shouting out the post-tourney Denny's. That's well, strong, you know, it's no, the there's nothing wrong with the friends, just... the friends we made along the way. Right. You know? Absolutely. The real, the real Absolutely. tournament. Absolutely. The real competition was the friends we made along the way. Yeah. It's so not I... a true. You're not. You're not a smasher until Mute King stole on your French fries. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, do you want to keep it about the game or not? I'll go in any direction. I think I think the viewers, uh, the more we'll flexibility we give it. them, the better yeah. answers we're going to get. That's right. Yes. All right. That's our. Those are our questions for the week. You can answer either or both. Uh, or neither, I guess. But then, but then we're not going to highlight you on the thing. So yeah, so you so can answer that. neither. Exactly. But uh, great episode. I think that um, uh, I'm 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 going to be curious about how many of our sort of predictions and 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 sort of our uh, mm. analysis of the state of the top level of the game. How much of that pans out, and how many surprises there end up being this weekend at Smash Summit, or really this week at Smash Summit, because it is a right. multiple day affair. Right. And with that, thank you so much for tuning in. Hope to see all of you in the BTS Smash stream chat. Uh, of course, as we're spectating this thing, um, tell me if I did a good job on commentary. I'm going to be there commentating. I'm flying down tonight, and 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 maybe maybe PP will pop in there. Maybe you can catch him in there. I don't know. Who knows? Who Drop say? some PPMD Craigasms. Who can say? <laughs> well, thank you, PP. Thank you, uh, Tove. Yeah. Well, this has been Radio Melee. Signing out. Signing out.